For All Mumkind, the podcast. A podcast for mums, by mums. My name is Pamela, and in each episode, I will sit down and chat to a mum about motherhood. The ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a new mum with many strings to her bow. She began her career as an actor, threading the boards at home and away, while also becoming a regular on the small screen. She has since become one of Ireland's most familiar faces, adding presenter, voiceover artist, entrepreneur and wellness advocate to her CV, but admits her most exciting and rewarding role of all is new mum to baby Hanora. It's Aveen Garrahy. Welcome Aveen, I'm delighted to have you here. Our babies are quite close in age, I think. Okay. So Alice is seven months and how old is Hanora? Hanora is eight, nearly nine. Oh, yeah. wow. It's just flown. It really has. People say that all the time, don't they? You know, it just goes by so fast, but it really does. I can't believe it. And your pregnancy was during the heat wave. Yes. Same as me. And it was yes. so hot. It was so hot. I'd love to know what it was pregnant to be like when it wasn't so hot. I like, yeah. I mean, that was something that, you know, I hadn't planned for. And yeah, I my hands and my feet really swelled. And I, I didn't know whether it was fluid retention or it was just the intense heat because they tend yeah. to do that, don't they, when, yeah. when you're in the heat. So uh, I was like, you know, in the final few weeks, I was like Shrek going around. I had Shrek feet and Shrek hands. But I, yeah, it was like having this inbuilt furnace. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I, you see, I'm, I'm impatient by nature. I've always been that way. I want something now. I wanted like yesterday. And uh, this whole idea of waiting nine months for her to arrive, I suppose, look, it had to be. But and and actually it was probably great because, you know, it it made me stop and and slow things down a bit. But I was for for the for finish, I was getting really, really impatient and I just wanted I wanted her to be there. And yeah, yeah, and the heat was probably the, the one factor that really spurred that on in the final few weeks I just was like I can't do this anymore yeah. it's too much it's too hot and then stupidly I got into a bath in uh, the hospital when I did go in to have her um because I, I always thought yes I will get into water and it'll be great and the bath was hot and I thought I'm in hell right now yeah. <laughs> it was so hot the hospital was hot I had a tenor in Galway and um maybe that the, the postnatal ward is newer so they had air conditioning and it was nice but um in the prenatal ward oh my god it was so hot it was an older part of the building and yeah it was, I'll never forget it because I joked with my husband my husband has um, a surf business and I said to him when a friend I was pregnant I said there's going to be heat waves this summer and he was like you don't know that and I, said, I would guarantee you that it'll be a really hot summer <laughs> He's like, you don't know. I was like, I know my waters. I do. And he's like, you're mad. And the summer came and we actually went for a baby moon in May. And it was the very start of that warm weather. And it continued and continued and got hotter and got hotter. I remember I was like that, like eight months pregnant. And it had gone up to like 28, 29 degrees. I was sitting there going, this is just... Like this is not his world. And then your your pigmentation, your skins, you're trying to not like go out in it. And you're trying to mind yourself and the... Try and drink plenty of fluids. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely an experience. I actually did think about it. I was kind of glad that at least she was in her safe little house. Yes. I was like, I'd hate to have had her in the middle of it, trying to keep her cool as a new mum. I think I probably would have completely... Well, Honora was born on the hottest day of the year. And when we did come home from the hospital, 
I'll never forget the house was like a, a sauna and we had no fans. You don't have fans in mm. Ireland. You know, we have heaters, but we don't have fans. And I remember thinking, John, opening the doors and the windows is actually making it worse. And, you know, you're, you're trying to breastfeed. You're sweating at the thoughts of all of that and then the heat on top of it. But I went to my friend's wedding um, maybe a couple of weeks before Honora arrived. And again, it was roasting and I wore a black dress and that we were sitting outside. It was like a garden party type wedding. And uh, yeah, I was I was re- nearly ready to pop. And I remember thinking, this cannot be good because the black dress is is uh, attracting heat and she's there. And then, yes, of course, she's safe. But it must, I did feel at one point, this mustn't be good, this intense heat. Yeah. So anyway, that was the heat wave. But yeah. uh, it was, it was difficult. It made, yeah, it made life a little bit more difficult than, than yeah, than it needed planned. to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. it needed to be. And when you had Honora, did you have that immediate kind of burst of love or did it take you a little while for that to kind of blossom. I was thinking about this because uh, I know one of your questions later on is maybe the the magic moment. And, um, you know, my mom talks about that, you know, that love and and that, you know, that she got it for me. And she said, wait until you feel it, Aileen. And I was waiting for it. Now, I did feel connected to Honora before she even arrived. I did feel that strong bond all the way throughout my pregnancy. And um, yeah, as soon I think we did find out the, the sex yeah, but we so didn't we. tell but we didn't tell anyone so I knew it was our secret John and I knew it was our little secret that it was a girl and yeah I started to f- form that bond with her I think you know quite early on that she was going to be my best little pal you know and, and we were having the girl chats and and you know and I felt like yeah she, she's going to be my 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 bestie but then when she arrived the the magic moment for me and, and we you know we were probably planning to talk about this a little bit later on was when John clapped eyes on her and and when he became a dad you know because he wasn't one of those hands on bumpy type people he just wasn't it kind of it freaked him out a bit you know yeah. um he you see these Instagram pictures or Pinterest pictures where they're you know all over the bump he just didn't do that at all <laughs> yeah neither did Ben I'd be like do you feel the bump do you feel her move and he's like no no, no totally freaked him out yeah. even feeling the kicking he just yeah. was so weirded out by it and I stupidly tried to get him to watch all these one born every minute now I know I shouldn't have but at the time I was like why aren't you getting into the swing of this but as soon as he clapped eyes on her he became a dad and I just saw in him that transition and that was amazing it took me a little bit longer I mean of course you're 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 trying to figure it all out and you know yes of course I loved her as soon as I saw her but it wasn't until maybe day four five because obviously you get the day three kind of weird day where it's it's all tears and it's all mad um but day four or five I'll never forget uh, it was in the middle of the night and I was feeding her and uh, John was asleep beside me and I just cried because I just was so madly madly in love with her and I was like how am I going to protect her how am I going to make sure that nothing yeah. ever happens how am I going to not ever allow her to be sad and of course that's ridiculous of course she will be sad and she'll have all those emotions but you do you you kind of think oh my god she is just so precious and I want her to be precious forever and yeah and I'll never forget it uh, I just wanted to stay in that moment that perfect moment of uh, complete love and bliss yeah. and you kind of just want to absorb it yeah you could just yeah. like bottle that moment yes and keep it in a little box that you could just take out every so often and have it which yeah. you can when they're obviously there at you but there's certain moments as a moment especially those early days yes that you just kind of go god this is amazing and yeah. i just want to have this moment forever forever 
Forever, yeah. Now, I have had similar moments. I'll always remember that one. Um, maybe week six or seven. Again, it was at night time and John was downstairs watching TV and she was asleep in my arms and I, I called him. Or no, actually, I didn't because I didn't want to wake her up. I texted him. I said, come upstairs. He was like, what's wrong? I was like, just come upstairs for a second. And he came in. He was like, what's wrong? I said, just look at her. He was like, what is wrong with you? I said, just look at her, John. He was like, yeah, she's she's great. And I was like, no, seriously, just take this moment in. Just look at her. Isn't she amazing? You know, and you do have those those moments of, wow, we actually yeah. did this. Yeah. Special. And there are those moments I remember text, like that texting me and he'd come up and be like, is everything right? Do you need a cup of tea? <laughs> I'm like, no, but isn't she perfect? <laughs> He's like, yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah, it's just, you're just in awe. In awe. You're kind of awe of yourself that you've made this. Yeah. And in awe of them that they're just there and they exist and that they yeah. love you and it's all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's such. It's the most natural thing in the world, but it's still such a miracle, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. did you always want to be a mum? Were you someone as a kid who just loved the dolls? No. And <laughs> no, and you know, even to this day, I still don't think I'm a broody person. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm probably a very traditional person. I knew that yes, it would be the natural course of events, and uh, you know, I did know that right. We're we're ready. You know, we're ready to take the next step. But was I yearning and and and. Uh, was I just dying for that that bait? No, like I, growing up, Alva, my sister, was big into dolls, loved her tiny tears and her tippy and her baby born. And, and she was always like, since she came out of the womb, was mad into babies. I was the Barbie lover. I loved dressing them up and, and creating the scenarios where he broke up with her and she had Shelly and blah, 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 blah. And there and then was the animal lover. She had the Sylvanian families and her happy lads, she used to call them. Um, so the three of us were really different, you know, growing up. And it's probably still true today that, you know, Alva is the one who, who just loves babies and she's amazing with Honora at this stage. And I feel like as Honora gets a little bit, Theron is too, of course, but as there, as Honora gets older, I think uh, that's where Theron will really come into her role as, as auntie and, and they'll, you know, they'll have the crack together. But it's funny that, you know, we're all so different. But yeah, I, no, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I, 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 I don't feel like I have now, maybe, yes, now that she's here, of course, I have those maternal instincts, but I don't think I had them growing up. Yeah, I'd be similar, I suppose. I kind of knew it would always come in time, but I was never one that ran over to a baby. No, no. And if, even no. if I was given one, I was like, oh. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of held it and was like, it's lovely, but happily to give it back. Yeah. But now it's like it's unleashed this like. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, baby walks into the room. Like, I'm like, I can sense it. I'm like, where is the baby? Um, yeah, and I want to hold it. I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. It's a weird change. So, like, have you noticed any other changes in yourself since becoming a mum? I think I'm getting more and more like my own mum. And uh, and I wouldn't have been. Again, I would have been very like my dad. Um, easygoing, you know, glass half full mentality. Um, you know, always erring on the side of positivity. And now I, I can sense um danger and I you know I, I can be a worrier and uh you know I can I can overthink things and I guess that that's all part of the territory isn't it yeah um but yeah I I've, I've become more and more like her and and the girls will say that too my sisters you know I think they they see it in me as well that you just you take on a new role and I guess your your priorities shift and your your values shift and you know you have to make sure that those priorities are are met um, in order to kind of stay sane. People ask you, how do you juggle it all? No, actually, I don't. 
lots has has had to go as you know lots of, has had to give um it's just that yeah priorities have shifted slightly and and you know my social life is non-existent yeah. <laughs> at the moment and oh, maybe that'll come back but uh it's just not up there on on the on the priority list um whereas you know looking after Hanora is number one then you know trying to keep certain aspects of my career going not all of it you know I've I've had to make sacrifices there too um but this idea of women juggling it all I think it's probably putting an unnecessary pressure on us you know it's probably um it's it's this idea in in modern day society that we you know we have to be all things to all people and and I think that's where this you know idea of women and and uh, you know, putting themselves way down their own priority list because they feel like they need to do it all. And and then, you know, you have these situations where people are having breakdowns or, or you know, they're running themselves into the ground or, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, they get sick, whatever it might be. I think it's because we, we feel like we need to be, we need to be superheroes. And uh, I don't know, I think it's, it's, it's an ideal um, yeah. and, and we see it so much at Bio as well, you know, our health and wellness events where so many women, first of all, they, they, they come maybe because they've got a ticket. Someone has, has uh, given them one for Christmas or their birthday and, and they don't really know what they're at. And then they're sitting there and they have guilt and they're like, I should be at home. My kids, it's a Sunday and, uh, you know, I should be spending time with them. And then as the day goes on, you know, they, they're, they're picking up these tools about you know, how to look after their own health and well-being. And uh, for a finish, they'll put the hand up and say, that's all well and good, but I actually just don't have the time. And there's a quote I love, and it's that self-care is never selfish, that we can't serve from an empty vessel. And, you know, that we do need to look after ourselves in order to look after those around us. It's absolutely so true. And and being a mum, it's hard to kind of say, actually, I need to take. And even it's, yeah. if something is as long as uh, you go for a shower yeah. or you go for the walk, <laughs> Um, what do you do to look after yourself and self-care? I, I, I'm i not, at the moment, I'm not great. And I have found that in the last, well, she's nearly nine months now. I have found that, um, yeah, it's taken a bit of a backseat. And it's just, it's just becoming more difficult. And um, John would be the one to say, he would literally push me out the door and he would come home in the evening and I'd be dying for him to get home just so that, yes, I could go and wash my hair or I can put a wash in or I couldn't do something. Um, and he would say, you need to go for a swim. And I'd say, John, that is the last thing in the world I need to do right now. I have a like mountain of washing that needs to be done or the look of the state of the kitchen, her bottles, you know, she, we're recycling old bottles. They haven't been washed, whatever it might be. And he said, you actually need this. And yeah, he would push me out the door and within two minutes of being gone, I would be thanking him and saying, yeah, that, that's exactly what I needed. And I come back then refreshed and recharged and, and ready to take it on and it doesn't seem like such a mountain anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah. So I would go for a swim or I'd go for a walk with the dogs or, um, yeah, I mean, that, that hardcore uh, mountain climbing and stuff that we used to do uh, hasn't happened as much anymore. I hope we'll get back to those those adventures again. But for now, it's it's something as simple as just going for a walk. But you kept up your fitness during your pregnancy. I tried to, yeah, yeah, I tried to, and yeah, and swimming again because it was the heat wave. Yeah, I mean, uh, was just amazing. That feeling of weightlessness, and I, I swam the day in the Atlantic the day before she arrived, and. Uh, yeah, it was just so gorgeous because you just felt lighter and yeah, the weather, 
the weather was great and um, I loved it. I love swimming. But in the early days, yeah, we went for treks and, and we did what we always did, you know, um, nothing new. I'm not a gym bunny. I, you know, I'm not. You're an outdoor. I love the outdoors. Yeah. But then I see, you know, the, say the likes of Vogue Williams or who, you know, she wasn't doing anything again that she hadn't been doing before, but she was getting a lot of you know, comments online and mm -hmm. stuff. And my heart really went out to her because, you know, it wasn't as if she was doing anything irresponsible, but people seemed to to adopt the the uh, approach that she was. And it just, I didn't think it was fair, you know. Yeah, and it's hard because you, I mean, Vogue, again, is very open about how she manages her own anxiety. Yeah. And this true pregnancy. Yeah. And I definitely would use the gym as a form of release whether yeah. it's had a stressful day or feeling anxious about something yeah. I would always go and actually during my pregnancy going to gym made me anxious yeah so I had this really conflicting going this is my tool to release but now when I'm there because in my back of my head I'd always be like am I doing too much should I stop so I just kind of really paired back and did the minimum that I felt comfortable with but yeah. it's kind of each to their own really and yeah. I think as women we need to kind of go well done you. If that's yeah. if that's what you need to you. do, that works for you. If that clears your head, if it's, you know, whatever it is, if yeah. it's having a bowl of ice cream, going up a mountain, yeah. going for a swim, yes. going shopping, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And retail therapy can be great. Yeah, go do it. And just, you yeah. know, well done you. Totally. And I just think there's a little bit, we need to support each other in that area a little bit more. I think we can... Yeah, it was one thing that probably really surprised me you know I live a lot of my life online and have done for you know for the past few years and um you know I would get the, the bare minimum in terms of negativity which you know I've been so lucky um and I would take it all in equal measure the good with the bad you know uh, you can't expect to be getting the likes on an outfit and then expect you know no one to say when they feel like you're doing something wrong so I would usually just throw it over the shoulder and, and it would be fine but when it came to pregnancy and it came to um to you know uh, having children I was really shocked at how open and uh, forthcoming people were with their opinions it feels like you're almost public property when it comes to to yeah having kids and that, that really caught me off guard and then that I suppose mixed with uh, hormones and you know feeling uh, I guess not entirely myself either because you know you're losing a part of yourself things will never be the same again mm -hmm. I'll never just be Aileen anymore you know, that was something, actually, I remember sitting on the bed with Diren, uh it was actually after having an aura, six weeks after having her, and uh, Diren was like, how are you doing? And I actually started crying, and I'm blessed, I have an amazing, amazing child, I have an amazing husband, uh, a great family around me, I'm so lucky, and I count my blessings every day, but I think in that moment, obviously it was hormones, I just started crying, she said, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing will ever be the same again. And she was like, yeah, but you have an eyes. I know, I know I have an aura. I'm so lucky. But at the same time, I'll never just be avian. And there's that, you know, little bit of an identity shift, I guess, that you're kind of come to terms with. Um, so you're, you're dealing with all of that. And then I guess, you know, having people say, you shouldn't have been doing X, or you shouldn't be doing Y and what do you do? Yeah, it, it, it adds to, you know, the, the overwhelming sense of, of, of all of a sudden becoming a mum that you probably don't need. You probably need people to be that little bit more understanding and, and not, not so judgmental, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's really bringing closer your support unit, isn't it? And relying on them and almost yeah. cocooning yourself to an extent. Yeah. And yeah. knowing who's going to mind you and who's yeah. you know, going to bat away any comment or 
even as simple as throwing you an eye to go, sure, listen, do yeah. mind that now. Yeah. You know, let that fly off you and you yeah. just kind of rise above it. Yeah. Um, and you are very close to your mum. Yeah. Yeah. And that family unit. So like the Garrahees, you've got three girls, now you've Honora to add to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, have you taken from, I suppose, your own kind of life with your mum and your sisters? I mean, you brought into your own family now. Yeah. I mean, we, we're very close. Don't get me wrong. We do kill each other. But we are an extremely close family and have always been. And I suppose that's something that my mum and dad from, uh, you know, from very early on have have has kind of they have nurtured and, and fostered in us that, you know, you'll have lots of friends and they'll come and go and boyfriends will come and go. But you'll always have your family. And, you know, they used to spend a lot of time communicating with us and making sure that, that you know, we communicated with them and whatever the problem was, uh, if there was anything on our mind, if there was anything weighing us down, a problem shared was a problem halved. And that that line of communication was always open and, and that time around the table. We're probably losing a little sense of that in today's, I don't know, busy manic world where people are grabbing food on the go or, you know, actually at the moment to keep ourselves sane I'm not a good cook and John is really busy at work I'm a crap cook actually and I'm just trying to keep an aura alive so cooking and me just do not go we're ordering these clean cut meals in there they're a short term solution to a, a long term problem <laughs> but we're ordering these uh, these meals and they arrive on a Monday and they kind of get us through to Thursday and then I might contemplate trying a roast chicken or something on a Friday evening and, and we'll have that again maybe on Saturday <laughs> and then we do stew on Sunday or whatever but having these meals has just oh my god it's eliminated so much stress and look you do what you can and some people love to cook and some people are great cooks and, and then others they'll have a stab at it but for me right now it was just another thing that I just could not deal with so uh, that was the clean cut meals but in saying that they are great but they don't really get us down sitting around a table talking things out as much as as you know we should be because I would just grab one out of the fridge throw it in the microwave and I would eat it if I'm hungry John does the same and so we lose that sense of you know that open forum where yeah, we sit around and we chat things through and we, we keep that, that communication open all the time. I think as Honora gets bigger and, you know, there's issues at school or, um, you know, into teenage years, I think, you know, if they feel like they're carrying it alone, that's when the problems start to emerge. So you're originally from Dublin. Yes. But you live in West Clare. Yes. How have you found that transition? So you're, you know, you are away from that core support. Yeah. Did you find kind of a group of friends down there or a group of mums that you can rely on? Yeah. So um, I met John eight, nine years ago in Clare uh, at my cousin's wedding. So yes, I grew up in Dublin, but my mom and dad are from Clare and all our family are in Clare. And so weekends, holidays, summers were always spent in the West. So while, yes, it, 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 you know, Dublin was always home for me, it, it was a second home, really. And and so it wasn't as much of a culture shock as it might be for, you know, a, a through and through Jackine <laughs> heading to the sticks. Now, in saying that, yes, it, it was it was something that jarred with me a little bit in the early days. The feminist in me maybe said, you know, what am I doing? I'm moving to the West for a man, for goodness sake. But and actually, you know, for, for a long time, I was probably in denial about the fact that whenever I would head onto that Nace Road and, and head for the West, I would instantly feel a sense of calm. I would be happier in myself. I would just be, you know, really, really looking forward to my time there. It's a slower pace, of course it is. And yes, it can get isolating at times. Um, 
but for me it is now uh it's it's my home and you know I'm by the sea uh I've always loved loved the sea it's that's kind of a therapy for me um and in terms of building a support network down there again I do have family so that was you know that was something that I could always lean on I knew if I needed it but I've gradually um in the early days, it felt like total career suicide, but I've gradually started to um, merge my work and and uh, I have, you know, I have businesses there now and, you know, I have a, a drama school and I know other moms. And yes, when Honora arrived, we did uh, the, the various different classes that you do when you have a yeah. newborn and you're twiddling your thumbs and you're, you're looking for a bit of adult company. So we did the water babies and the baby massage and uh, all those things that, that uh, make... Um, pregnancy leave and uh, and yeah and and that time feel um, yeah a little bit a little bit less daunting because you're sharing each other's you I think that was the reason you set up this yeah um, podcast that you know you spent time chatting to other moms and uh, you realize that we're probably all in the same boat yeah it's <laughs> completely and you kind of you can end up going on the same circle so definitely at, at home in Kerry there's baby massage everyone does at the first few weeks yeah and then there's uh, my husband takes Alice on a weekly basis swimming to water babies. Yeah. And then I take her to her baby sensory classes. Oh. So I meet my mum to dad. And I think Ben might be the only dad actually in the water babies class. Brilliant. So he's surrounded by um, babies and women. And uh, I think he's a novelty in that class. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of why I suppose you do end up in that circus just to meet other mums and yeah. talk out, yeah. you know, these small little problems. They seem huge to you. But when you actually like that, you know, like you say, communicate it, someone will have a solution, solution. to it. Yeah. 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 I found that too. And, and you know, I remember the first day at Water Babies and actually they're they're great. They do prep you for, you know, the, the best way to pack up the baby afterwards and how to do it. And they really break it down. Something as simple as, no, you need to get dressed first because the drip, the baby does not want a dripping mother <laughs> hanging in over her trying to dress her. <laughs> <laughs> and the water dripping off you. So they had all these plans with, you know, wrapping her in the towel, putting her into the bucket. Then you get dressed. And it was regimental and it is. But, you know, to see other moms go through it all and, and we're all dealing with the same, yeah, the same issues. And, and it's no different, really. You talked there about your career as well and going, moving back to Claire. So now you've Honora. Yes. You're... You work freelance, so you yes. don't necessarily get a maternity no, leave in the traditional leave. sense. Yeah. Um, how how are you managing everything now? Um, I, I keep saying it takes a village. And I was like, will you stop saying that? You know, it makes it seem like you're not doing anything. And I said, no, it's just that. Yes, I, I didn't have maternity leave. I was back in work. I had a, a, a shoot scheduled with Night and Day Jewellery, who I'm an ambassador for, that was scheduled in two weeks after she arrived. And that was something I was so anxious about because I was like, do they really, really want me in all my glory two weeks after she lands? But anyway, it was great that it was jewellery and it wasn't a bikini shoot. <laughs> that was all, all I could think of. I was like, count my blessings. Be grateful for small mercies here. We'll just shoot the neck up. And uh, yeah, anyway, my mom. um was was roped in that day she was too small you know to put her into any kind of child minding or and so you you do rely on a lot of favors and um you know why well I always think I've exhausted them um no they they you know they love having her and it's the same on both sides so I'm really really lucky that I do have that support network if I didn't I, I don't know what I'd do really you know especially in the early days because they're so small as well that you don't want to, you just, you can't trust them with anyone else. You know, you would just lose your life. 
Um, then of course there's there's all the guilt with with working and and uh, trying to juggle that and trying to keep that at bay because at times that can be quite crippling, you know. Yeah. Um, and even you know when I bring her up here and when I bring her up to Dublin and for work instead of leave her there, I have I have a guilt then that. John's not getting to spend the time that he should be spending with her, that he's not seeing her in the evenings. So you're, you're dealing with all of that, you know, and how do you get the balance right? I don't know. Yeah. And is there ever really a balance? Mm-hmm. You know, it's I kind of say to myself, going back to work or, you know, doing the podcast and, and I'm like, what are you doing? Should you not just be at home cuddling her? Yeah. And I kind of say to myself, hold on now, you know. I want someone, I want to be someone that she looks up to yeah. and kind of will go, yeah. well, God, look, look what mom did. Isn't she great? Or yeah. be yeah. proud of what, you know, you might achieve. Yeah. And in saying that, you know, even when I'm, I'm, I've made a conscious decision, right, this week I'm going to stay at home with her and I'm not going to take that voiceover. I'm not going to do X or Y. And then I'm at home thinking, oh, you have a guilt as, attached to that too because, you know, you feel like, oh, you know... I'm saying no to work or I'm not working to spend time with her, but maybe that's not setting the right example. Am I happy in myself? Do I regret not taking it? And maybe I'm not in great form as a result, you know, and you're, it's just, it's a constant battle in your head, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, you know, I'm the type of person, it's not for everyone. And I, like, I mean, the moms that, that, that do decide to, to play the role at home and, 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 you know, that is the hardest job of all. And, you know, I just, I think they're amazing, especially when here I am talking about my one baby and how I'm managing my one baby. But, you know, I see moms with two and three and four kids and I'm just like, how amazing. Um, but yeah, and it's, yeah, it's whatever works for you. For me, I think, you know, I would go demented. I, I have real, I'm a Gemini. I love projects. I love taking on projects. And uh, John is the same. He's a Gemini too. And that's always been the way for me. I get really angsty if I'm not busy, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not stimulating, you know, the, that creative and, and business side of the brain. And I think I would actually just be a really horrible person to be around if I wasn't, um, you know, doing those things. And so I think that probably wouldn't be good for Honora either. Yeah, exactly. I think it's again, it's it's everyone finding their own space and yeah. owning it and being comfortable within it. Yeah, yeah, not making any apologies for it. Yeah, you exactly. Know. And in the world of you know, you share aspects of your life in social media. Some of us are more aware than others. It that is a highlight reel. Yeah, and for totally. new mums, <laughs> totally. you know, you you do see other mums, and you're kind of going, yeah, they might even have two or three kids, and you're like, how are they managing it? Yeah. Like, what advice would you give to any mum who's kind of just watching stuff online? Well, firstly, can I just say that comparison is the thief of joy. And, you know, so many of us spend mindless hours scrolling and comparing and despairing, you know, and we do that like it's in us. Um, yes, it is a highlights reel and you're comparing it to your behind the scenes. And, you know, I did an interview with, with uh, VIP magazine recently and Bianca asked me uh, in the interview, she said, Avon, there is a picture of you and John. I think you posted on Valentine's Day and you're gazing into one another's eyes. And she said, is that, I felt a bit sick, to be honest. Is that what you're like? Like, are you just mad about it? I said, yes, of course. You know, we love each other. Of course we do. But can I tell you the truth about that picture, Bianca? And she said, yeah. I said, 
there was about 60 photographs taken before we got that photo. My mom was primed and cracking up with both of us. I was like, you know, in foul humor with him and saying, well, you actually look like you, you kind of semi like me for a second. And, you know, there's all of that going on. And then, of course, yes, we got a nice picture of the two of us. But it's not it's not reality. <laughs> Um, and at the moment, you know, having an aura definitely has has shifted things in our relationship. We had a great old time. You know, we used to go for lunches and, you know, go trekking in the Himalayas or went, you know, to great, great places on, on holidays. We'd rent, rent a camper van and head to Dingo. We love Dingo. Um, and all of that has shifted slightly. And, uh, you know, you can... Yeah, you can lose sight of why you are together. Of course you can, because things get so hectic. Um, and I think it's really, really important to kind of give yourself a little break away from Baba, a night out or whatever it is, or uh, an evening away, whatever. Go out for a walk together and let someone take her for an hour or two and just remind yourselves of, of you know, why you guys work. And I think that that is crucial, isn't it? And you, yeah. can, you can forget to do that. We do forget to do it. But then when we do do it, we're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, things are okay again. <laughs> kind of recharges you. Yeah, Otherwise, it's yeah. kind of like you're running this little military operation of yeah. the handover. It's like totally pass the baton. Ben would walk in the door, and I would say, "How was your day?" Yeah. As I'm making the cup of tea, or yeah, just to get. Yeah. Now, I'm probably ha- now. I'm definitely only half listening. Yeah. Um, no, but it's great but that it's you're just doing to that. get it out because yeah. you know, and it'll be the same when I return to work. It's just how was your day? Yeah. Just to capture, and if yeah. there is anything in there that needs to come yeah. out, try yeah. and. At least have an avenue for it. But we've had a discussion about that too, because John would t- text me and say, how is she? And it's yeah. always, how is she? How is she? How is she? And eventually, and it's lovely, you know, and I'm so delighted to get the text because he's thinking of us. I know he's thinking of us, um, not just her. But I would say, she's fine, John, but are you wondering how I'm doing it all? You know, and you, yes, we have had that conversation. He said, well, the reason I say how is she is because I know if she's good, you're definitely good, you know. Yeah. Um, which is lovely too. But I think, yeah, it's it's really, really important to check in with one another. Yeah. And it's just to be there. Do you know, yeah. it's just to say, I'm, you know, I might be completely distracted, yeah. but I, you are in my mind. And, I, you know, if yeah. there's something going on that you need to flag with me, yeah. like, I'm all ears. Yes. When yeah. I need to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's next for you, Honora, John, this year coming now? So, yeah, we're, we're slowly but surely finding our groove, you know, um, I have found a great childminder in, in Claire for the days. I'm not bringing now and saying that she is up with me today, but I'm, she was doing a lot of mileage um, again because, you know, I was on the road with Bio a lot and uh, we were all over the country. And I think, you know, and it sounds very exotic. It sounds, uh, it sounds great. It sounds fabulous, but it wasn't that she, I think in the first three months of her life had stayed in like 16, 17 hotels or something. <laughs> more than I think I stayed in my entire childhood you know um but yeah she was doing a lot a lot of mileage with me just because it was it was the easiest way and I was breastfeeding as well so she needed to be there but I was also working so um we've we've slowed it down for her a little bit which is great we need to kind of get a little bit more of a routine going and, and she's now based in in Clare for most of the time uh, when I have to nip up and down for work but again it's not nine to five I don't think I could really ever do nine to five I'm one of those people that I just I like um variety in my day and, and my life so uh I'm doing a day here and there and and that that works and that's fine for me now um, but Bio is really, it's really starting to take off and uh, we have an upcoming series in the spring. 
And it's something, you know, I, I set out to become an actor. I trained in Trinity as an actor. Um, but this has given me a role that has brought me more joy. And I'm getting feedback um, from people that, you know, has given me more joy than any review, theatre review or any, you know, seeing my name on any you know, any credit has ever done. Um, and that is that, it, you know, it came at a time in someone's life where they really needed it or, um, you know, it just put certain things in perspective for uh, a woman at a time when she needed it. And that's amazing. You know, that has given me this whole new uh, Lisa life and I'm really, really enjoying it. So, yeah, we're hoping to have more kind of pop up events throughout the summer at festivals and uh, hoping to do a lot more online because people say, is great and I've had a great day but what about when I'm having a low day and I'm at home and I don't feel like uh, I have the support so to get Bio in people's pocket is 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 my plan for the next few months and yeah it's it's just a juggling act really it's trying to keep it all going and um you know I'm still running a school a drama school in Clare and I still I still want to act that's something that I think will always be there um but it's nice to exercise other parts of the brain as well and, and not pigeonhole ourselves. You know, we can tend to do that. I yeah. only do X. I think that that's very career limiting in the sense that, no, why don't you try Y too? I've always had that kind of an approach to things. Whereas a lot of my peers would think, oh, what a reality show? You're going on Dancing with the Star. What? That is like, you know, it's it's not, I, I suppose it's, it's frowned upon as an artiste that you would, you know, try dabble in a few other, um, in a few other kind of career career uh, opportunities but I'm yeah I'm kind of a glass half full person and if the phone isn't ringing you know and 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 uh Spielberg isn't calling I'm not gonna hang around <laughs> so yeah so you have to you have to kind of try and I suppose welcome opportunities as they land on your lap and sometimes opportunities can kind of just blossom out of your own personal experiences or yeah. yeah I mean here you are now you know you're saying that you weren't broody you weren't the type of person no. and here you are doing a podcast about being a mom yeah it's amazing isn't it it's it's the strangest of things if it, yeah. someone told me a year ago you know you'd be you know on maternity leave doing a podcast about mums I would never have believed it. I said oh, it's not me it's someone else but you have to be open don't you to these completely things. and it literally started off with a little spark and I kind of I mean, it wouldn't go away and I was like okay this is you're either going to go with this or you're going to have to yeah you know yeah nip it somehow so I said just gonna go with it well there's a quote I love you know what if I fall but darling what if you fly and I think that maybe that's something that being a mum kind of gives you does it give yes. you that kind of air and it's not like confidence but maybe it's an air of not caring as much as what other people think about you yeah I don't know whether it's becoming a mum or uh, age but I definitely feel like I give less of a shit yeah <laughs> and it's really liberating isn't yeah it, it is <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of go, yeah, this, I, I am who I am and yeah, and yeah. that's okay. You kind of get, get a bit comfortable within that. Um, so we're going to, we're to, heading towards the end of our episode. Yes. And I have three questions for you. Okay. This is where I'm going to get my phone out now because <laughs> I want to make sure I pronounce the word right. Okay, go for it. So what would you tell your pregnant self? <sighs> um, I would tell her not to listen to all the noise um and there's a lot of noise out there um just go with your gut but also to enjoy those lions <laughs> yes. you know I thought when I was pregnant I wasn't sleeping much 
oh my God, I was having epic sleeps. Like, but I was complaining, oh God, it's really hard to sleep, you know, with my back and my bum. But oh my God, I had amazing nice sleeps now in hindsight. And when <laughs> yeah. you have a bit of perspective on things. So I would enjoy those lovely nights and do all of those, do all of the lovely things throughout your pregnancy. Get those massages. Yeah. Get those nails done. <laughs> Go for those lovely lunches because, darling, <laughs> they're all going to come to a drastic end. No, yeah, I would I would definitely try and enjoy it more. I think I probably felt like I needed to, you know, work and work and work um, because I, I felt like I wouldn't have the time to. But actually, no, I, I probably wish I had enjoyed the downtime a bit more. Just enjoyed the showers, luxuriated in the bath. Mm-hmm. I should have done all those things, but yeah. I didn't really. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you get your nails done now, it's like a ticking tom bomb. She wakes. I haven't got them done. I don't think I, that's my me painting in the middle of the night. I haven't had them done, I would say, in six months, maybe. Yeah. Look, first world problem, isn't it? <laughs> it's a total first world problem. But anyway, I'll get there again. And what one product that you couldn't live without? Well, this is where I have the phone. Um, Jen Stevens, she was the she's the former editor of Irish Country Magazine, and she had her baby May a few months before Honora. And um, she reached out to me, and I was so glad she did. Like the next day, and lots of people when I think I probably had uh, said that she arrived whenever she arrived yesterday or whatever. I put up a post online, and. Um, you know, most people would like let you be, but she got straight on to me and she's like, I don't know whether you're breastfeeding or not, but I just want you to know if you are, get these lifesavers. And they were, and I hadn't had, you know, they weren't in my bag or whatever, but I sent John out and he got them. And that um, was the Lansino. That was the, like the cream. It's a, a hypoallergenic, uh, like gel type, yeah. 100% natural, but, and it's okay for baby and it's okay for you, but nipple cream basically. Yeah. And then the other thing was the multi-mam compressies. And that's the picture she sent to me. And I still have it because I send it on to everyone now as well when, when I think, you know, that they might be trying to breastfeed. Um, and they were a godsend, like a godsend. And I used to keep them in the fridge as well. Yes. Did you do that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, they were just brilliant. I didn't get any of that chapped nipple we, we, I don't know whether yeah. we should be talking about this or That's not okay. but yeah <laughs> mom life yes okay so yeah I didn't get any of that and um my mom was the one who said be prepared for it because you know she got it with us she, there wasn't all these yeah mod cons uh in her day and um yeah they're just brilliant and finally what has been your magic moment yeah so we spoke about it earlier yeah. it was that maybe day four or five after the the now I didn't get baby blues on day three I actually got dog blues that sounds so mental <laughs> but um I was actually just mourning my relationship with my dogs that's crazy isn't it that sounds completely They're ridiculous part of your family though they were my babies and yeah. actually I actually get emotional talking about them for one reason and that is this that we spoke about moving to the west and there was a period of time where yes I felt really lonely and I was like I've given up you know, a lot of myself, my life in Dublin, you know, there were days where I would feel so lonely. And then we got Ruby. And after that, we got Reggie. And they were my saviors. Like they just, I never felt alone anymore. They brought me out, you know, because the two, four eyes looking up at me were like, are you going to walk me or what the hell are you just going to mourn, you know, on the couch there, the loss of your husband's gone to work. Um, and so they got me up and out into the woods, into the beach. And, and that's where I really started to love the outdoors. And I found, you know, real therapy in the sea and, and spending time with them. So, you know, they did a lot for me. They were like a counsellor, really, you know, for a period of my life. And then when Honora arrived, they really, they, well, I was, they're so big that I was so nervous, you yeah. know, in those early days. So, you know, I was kind of making sure that they were away from her, that, you know, 
you just, you, you protect, it's your maternal instinct. And by day three, I was like, oh my God, like, is this, is, is our beautiful relationship over? Now it's all sprung back and everything is fine and she loves them and they love her and they're really protective of her. But it could have gone another yeah. way, you know, um, they could have been really weird around her and, and protective of me and maybe jealous. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous of all of those things. Um, and I just remember that day crying and crying and crying because of the dogs. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But anyway, my magic moment was was day five when she just, yeah, that love, that outpouring of love was just incredible. Well, Avine, it has been amazing to speak to you. You too. Um, a bit Thanks. disappointed there was no Hanora cuddles. <laughs> we'll have to bring her back in. Play date. Actually, as we said, we love Kerry. We love heading to, to Tralee and Dingle and we'll have to get out for a surf, maybe. Exactly. And, uh, find we'll get the two someone. ladies practicing their water baby skills <laughs> in, the, in the wild Atlantic Sea. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmumkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at For All Mankind. And see you on the next episode of the podcast. Thank you.